Hey, welcome back to our podcast. Uh, just wanted to issue a little bit of a disclaimer before we got started. It was one heck of a week leading up to this podcast. I'm sure you've all have seen the riots and the protests and the news. And we just wanted to get on the front end and say that uh, we're really taking some of these issues that are being raised very seriously. Um, we're not going to speak directly on it because we're very much trying to listen and learn. But we are going to touch on some of the ways that affected the sports world. We might wax a little philosophical and we're going to tell a few jokes too. But uh, yeah, if that sounds good to you, stay tuned. This is Let Them Eat Takes. Bonjour, and welcome to Let Them Eat Takes. The sp- you didn't even let me do the tagline. Oui, oui. The sports podcast for the outrage era. That's how much, that's how much outrage has been. I'm outraged. Is I'm that I can't furious. get to the tagline without being yelled at. But, I mean, rightly so. Somebody's I am so cool. angry at these sports takes. Oui, oui. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Nobody likes the French. <laughs> <laughs> all this all this anti-racist stuff coming out this week in eight seconds and nobody likes the french <laughs> hey credit where it's due to the french you know a lot of the uh the protest stuff here started off a little more chill or as chill as could be and you know slowly ramped up uh the french started at 11 they're like it's time to protest they threw stuff in the street and lit it on fire that was like Time zero. That's how they kicked. Oh yeah, it they off, didn't so. even have Twitter back then. They look at us and say, "Amateurs." <laughs> I don't know if we can include this. Do we need to cut this? Nah, let's just leave it. Whatever. Whatever. Um. So obviously we're gonna have a little bit of fun. Talk about some funny things. We'll talk about some more serious things later. We're gonna start with some funny things. We're gonna start with our new and improved hasty takes, which aren't going to take over an hour. Oh, we God. have little time things next to each topic so that. So as to remind us to not bloviate and go over time, but we might adhere to that. We might not. So and without further ado, we're going to kick off Hasty Takes with Justin. All right. Can, first can, I just, can I just jump in here real quick and read War and Peace before we do our Hasty Takes? Please, please. I you think would we could actually fit that in. time off of last week's yes, episode. Yes, that is <laughs> much shorter than last week's. All right. My apologies. Oh, no, Continue. no. You're good. All right, so this this story is about two weeks old, but we could not bring it up on the podcast because it's outrageous. Uh, Kentucky cheerleading, which, if you didn't know, is a dynasty in the profession in the competitive cheerleading world. They have twenty four national championships in competitive cheerleading. Whoa! They just yeah, no, that's <laughs> that is like one of the most dominant college dynasties I've ever heard of. I'll be honest, I didn't know there had been twenty four total championships in the sport. I don't. I, I would. I would go into the history of national cheerleading, but I don't know. Don't care. This story is interesting because, as dominant as this dynasty was, that wasn't stopping the university from firing all of the coaching staff after some leaked information went out about what was going on in 
cheer off-season activities. So basically what you have going on is your classic hazing situation. Though when I read the story, which I found in Bluegrass Sports Nation, it sounds a bit like Girls Gone Wild Bluegrass Edition. They were throwing each other into the lake naked and there was some Ooh. alcohol involved. Um, one, of the, one of the takes that was coming out was, oh, they're just you know shaming these kids for being kids. And that's probably not the case. New York Times has covered it and said there was – there was some legitimate medical safety coming in. Here's a good take I found from a South Carolina fan who I'm not going to credit on Twitter because his, uh, due to the scandalous nature of his username hashtag, <laughs> his username handle. Some cheerleaders performed gymnastics routines that included hurling their teammates from a dock into the water while either topless or bottomless. That's actually a direct quote from the story. And he says, listen, you have to give people some reason to come to a Kentucky football game. Oh, that's pretty funny coming mm. from a South Carolina fan finishing four and eight last year. But that's that's some that's some. He's got a pair on him, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> well, you should see his username. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I hope it's I got a pair on me for sure. <laughs> that is crazy. Funny story. Moving on, we got. Did you guys know that Tommy Tuberville? is running for a Senate seat. I did not know that. What he, state? He already holds some political office in Alabama. Which one do you think? think? Oh, Alabama. Well, I yeah. knew he coached in Texas, too. So I, I think he's like a state congressional representative, but he's uh, campaigning for in the Republican primaries for big boy Senate seat, and you'll never guess who he's running up against in this runoff. None other than Jeff Sessions. So. Whoa. It's just so Sessions. It's two actual like physical caricatures, basically. Right. Jeff Sessions, the I'm sorry, because I'm bad with names. Was he the high school Dayton one? No. That's the no, Bama. No. That's the Bama that's governor. The governor. <laughs> that was the, the governor. Okay. No, Jeff Sessions is the former uh, attorney general. Oh yes, yeah, it's all flooding back to me. It's all flooding back. To me. Right. Recused himself after the yes. investigation uh, into Trump's campaign connections with Russia. So take that for what it's worth um does so, ears have a shot you think do his what does ears i call them ears tommy tuberville that's ears he's got those big i just call ears. him tommy tubs because that's a funny name my favorite tommy tuberville moment ever didn't happen in a football game it happened in a commercial for under armor where it was the you know the under armor ton the tunnel leading out to the stadium was like filled with smoke and there's like strobing effects and like a team is like you know, walking out and you hear the cleats hitting off the cement and then through the smoke comes Tommy Tuberville and he just looks up at the camera and goes, click, click. <laughs> <laughs> it was during their click, clack promotional campaign. No makes wonder. Think of, makes me think of Steve Spurry. He's like, click, clack, y'all. Click, clack, y'all. Some golf, click, clack. This is back when. He's my, he's my armor golfing shoes. Click, clack. Yeah, this was back when. <laughs> when he coached Auburn, yeah. Yeah, speaking English hasn't always been a requirement of coaching in the SEC. But I digress. So Tuberville might have he might have a, a little bit of leverage on Jeff Sessions in this uh, primary race, which brings on brings us to this quote from Tommy Tubbs or Ears: "If coaching taught me anything, it's that you don't let the losing team dictate the game when you're sitting on a lead." 
I don't know what that has to do with what you're talking <laughs> right. about. Right. Well, he's a football coach running for Senate, so who cares? And he's doing it in Alabama. This is the best way to campaign Alabama, just talking footballisms, which gives us to this great shot fired back from Jeff Sessions. <laughs> Here's from one of his tweets. Wait, before you give that, what if the what if he was what if the question that had just been asked of Tommy Tomaro was like, are you going to increase like teacher salaries or something? <laughs> <laughs> you act like it wasn't, right? He goes, like, you always go for it. Yeah, listen, you're fourth down. You always go for it. It's like, I didn't ask about fourth down. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most of his answers are just going to be like random sports terms from like an online generator, right? They're like, how do you handle the, the need for making changes in policing? And it's like, well, third down, conversion rate, big plays, got to score. We need wide receivers going down the fields, making blocks. So your policemen, they're like your wide receivers. <laughs> and the quarterback, right. he's like your chief of police. Right, I don't know what you're – For the record, I don't think he said any of these things. No, no, no. Oh, for but, the record, we haven't confirmed yet that he said these things, but it's sort yet. of a matter of time. But, gosh, if he if he beats Jeff Sessions in this primary race, ooh, it's got to be it's gonna be. It's not going to be good for politics, but it's going to be great for television. Anyway, which brings us to a real-life quote from Jeff Sessions, straight from his Twitter feed. If watching you coach taught me anything, it's that you're no good at sitting on a lead. That's why you finished 5-7 and and 4-8 and in your last seasons at Auburn and Cincinnati. If you were too weak to debate, you do not deserve to represent the people of Alabama. Oh, in context, Jeff Sessions has – challenged Tuberville to debate live debate several times and each time he's been declined which I think is pretty smart for Tuberville because you know you can't talk about you know the 34 veer option on television when people are asking you questions like (laughs) you know I forgot he coached at Cincinnati just FYI I guess it was a forgettable season for Cincinnati not his finest moment but call me back for the entertainment value when they start challenging other each other to actual duels because then i'm interested Ugh. if only all right that's that's a, that's a hasty take let's go to the next one alabama this is a, or man we're staying in the we're staying in the what is the alabama is it it's not the magnolia state we're staying in satellite the dish, satellite dish state we're we're staying in the satellite dish hey man huntsville alabama has the highest phd per capita rate in the country I thought boston did i think it's huntsville could be wrong. My father-in-law told me the that. The fact that they're ever in the conversation is interesting, though, right? A, it's a, a classic Huntsville v. Boston pairing, I must that's, say. That has to do with the space training. It is. It's 100% the uh, space center. So, interesting town. That uh, The entire city, most things in that city are named after this expatriate Nazi who came and helped build our space program there. But that's another piece of controversial American history we can get into and not our podcast. Yeah, we'll uh, cover that on our <laughs> sister podcast. Right. So, five players on the Alabama Crimson Tide team. And mind you, this we're recording this on Friday. The SEC is letting voluntary workouts resume on Monday. Five players on the Crimson Tide football team tested positive for COVID-19. Five players so far. So far that we know of. Yeah. When I heard this for the first time, my first thought was like, just throw the whole team into like a dorm with the five players. Let them all get it. It won't be that bad. And then they'll all have antibodies and we can move on. 
That's well, what I think. Like, just do it right now. J-Duck, that sounds like a red velvet take. Listen. I've never heard one. <laughs> it is a red velvet. It's not. It's like, it's like when you got multiple kids and one of them got chicken pox. It's like, all right, Sally, get in the, get in the bathtub with your sister. Like, <laughs> go ahead and, you know, you're trying to, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to deal with this all at once. Yeah. I mean. The real dumb part about this whole thing is they all came back and reported on a Tuesday and were immediately tested. And so then on Wednesday, they all went out and practiced together. And then on Thursday, that's after Wednesday, in case y'all don't know, they got their results back. Wait a minute. Five of them were positive. How do they practice on Monday if they weren't allowed to meet? That's called involuntary, y'all. Oh. (laughs) I I don't know if it was a full practice, but, you know, uh, they had some, like, larger team gathering. What I saw was reported over 50 Roll tide roll. So we're gonna come back and we're gonna test and then we're gonna proceed forward without waiting for the results of the test. Test tide test. (laughs) (laughs) Test tide test. (laughs) Actually, I'm sorry, I apologize. Rewind. How about test bama test? Test bama test. Punt bama punt. Man, that that I apologize to the Auburn fans. Please don't turn the water hoses on me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't turn the click clack. Click clack. Don't turn the water hoses on us. We won't poison your trees. (laughs) Fair deal. I mean, that'd be like a banging t-shirt test tied test. Or make a mask. I've seen a lot of collegiate sponsored masks being sold on social media lately. Okay. Since you brought this up, Justin, I saw, I'm not gonna name a who, a Christian artist branding themselves onto a mask and saying buy my mask <laughs> and i was like oof i'm gonna go with i don't what? love it i don't love it I'm not, what, is, I, what is i don't love it for 800 i was like what the hell are you doing man <laughs> like he's like oh yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna light this guy on fire i'm not gonna say his name but it was the the, the person's name across the face mask and you could like click and order a, a uh, an official whatever face mask and wear it around and rep your favorite CCM artist, I guess. Man, I just oh. really want, I just really want a Michael W. Smith mask with his curly eighties perm, that era, eighties, Michael W. Smith. Ooh, give me one of them. Get an Amy Grant one for my wife. <laughs> I mean, I expect this kind of stuff out of Joel Osteen, you know, it's going to have like <laughs> activated silver nanoparticles inside the mask that'll help me go to heaven twice as fast if I die from coronavirus and each mask costs a thousand dollars you know <laughs> I expect it out of him the thing is I expect it from sports teams but I also expect like the proceeds to go to like maybe a charity or like you know what I mean like I don't know and I did look I did look to see if like is he just raising money for like a thing and I couldn't find it. Anyway, I, I think we have time for one more ha- hasty take. Yeah. I'm just going to do next one list. Dan Mullen. Oh, stay in the SEC. I love this. Dan Mullen says the University of Florida is going undefeated. So this is an ice cream take where it's just like super low level generic, right? The guy that was doing the interview kind of says a thing like, so coach, are you going to go undefeated this year? And then like, as soon as you say that, the interview is like trash. It's worthless. Like what right. coach of, you know, a top five, top 10, even top 25 team is going to say anything other than, you know, we're going undefeated or I think we can win every game, like blah, blah, blah. You know, very rarely are you going to have a coach be honest about it at all with 
the exception of like your Lane Kiffins, right? I think he famously had a moment where he was at FAU and they were going to play Alabama. And he, he pretty much said, hey, y'all, we don't expect to win this game. And we don't really expect it to be close. So, you Gosh. know. And, and somebody made a joke recently about they'll never see Ole Miss in Atlanta because, you know, they're like, they'll ne- I'll, I'll never see you in Atlanta, Lane Kiffin, because that's where the SEC championship is. And he said, you know, not true. We got a game there scheduled 2021 neutral site, you know, basically. <laughs> you know, then, hey, we ain't going to be there this year, though. So, <laughs> I mean, credit, credit where it's due. But the Dan Mullen one is just like a super generic offseason message board fodder question asking. Ugh. I, uh, people, when he says stuff like this, they act surprised. And I don't know if they watched him at all when he was at Mississippi State, but he was constantly, you know, flexing those muscles. He was always talking trash to Ole Miss. You know, some people think people in Mississippi State, he really reinvigorated the Egg Bowl rivalry. And I can totally see it just, you know, being the the head gator. I, I got to say, though, um, Lane Kiffin being the 15th most outspoken and controversial college football coach in the Southeast was not something I had on my 2020 bingo card. I thought he was a, a top five for sure, right? Oh, man. Man, he got a taste of what – he got a taste of that orange Valhalla, and he says, I'm just – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dip my toes in here. I'm going to take it easy. Oh, All right, here. I'm going to hit on this MLB thing real quick just because um, – yeah. This was Jeff Passan who had a tweet that basically was, you know, uh, along the lines of, oh, man, Major League Baseball and the Players Association are at a stalemate, keeping baseball from returning. And the core of the matter is both sides fighting over pennies on the dollar. And it's just kind of like a a real swing and a miss there, uh, Jeff, because it's not really both sides arguing about pennies. Both sides already agreed on the pennies, and then one side backed out, said, no, screw you, and said, we're going to lose a lot of money and refused to prove it, which is easy because it's math. And if you say two plus two equals four, you can write that on a piece of paper and hand it to somebody. <laughs> That's how it works. Um, so, yeah, yeah, people, they always say, like, yeah, it's, they're, we're, we're, are we really going to, you know, get this petty about $300 million compared to, you know, so amount of billion? trying to act like $300 million is not a lot of money. Yeah. Like these, these discussions do matter. Like they have to reach an agreement. You can't just, you know, we can't say, Oh, think about the fans. Think about all the inflatables. that are going to be watching these games. Do something for them. <laughs> do it for the inflatable fans. <laughs> Truer words never spoken. All right. Is that our, is that our hasty take? That is our hasty takes and an appropriate time frame. Hacha! Oh my gosh, guys, we learned. Now we have right. one under our belt, and we know what a hasty take should feel like slash taste like. You know, I had to say taste because it is tasty cakes. I didn't overindulge. I didn't feel like we overindulged, and I'm ready to move on to our bigger talking points. This is going to be so much fun. I cannot wait to talk about Drew Brees. Said oh. that. I mean, I kind of love talking about Drew Brees setting the locker room on fire. <laughs> Who that? Who that? I was about to do it. Who that? Drew Brees. Who that going to burn a whole team down? Drew Brees. <laughs> oh man. So keep it coming, Drew. I don't even know where to start. Somebody start somewhere. Okay, I'll say this. 
as a football player, I've always respected Drew Brees. He's a very good football player. He's basically a little wizard in the pocket. That's um, for dang sure. Good feet, yeah. great arm. With some of his recent statements, people have been questioning whether he's also a wizard off the field. Ooh. Why can't he be all things for all people? <laughs> Drew, like I'm, I've watched you, I've watched so many of your games. You've embarrassed my Atlanta Falcons dozens and dozens and dozens of times. And I can't help but marvel at how, you know, how good you are just throwing that football. And I've always, I always just want to hate you as a football player. And I always said, well, I bet he's a really good guy. You know, he's a family man, you know, seems to, you know, he got the Walter Payton man of the year award. Like he's, he's gotta be a likable guy. And then you take that away from us, Drew. I mean, you know, he's embarrassed the Falcons for years. It's good to see him embarrass the Saints for a change. Oh, I know. For sure. I mean, yeah. I, uh, you know, what I what I read his com- – I didn't really get the context of what he was saying. I just saw, well, it's disrespectful what they're doing to our American flag. And this is, you know, you know, being very, very tone deaf. And I didn't – I didn't really – it was kind of one of those uh, – one of those forced questions in an interview, like this was a, you know, someone specifically asked him like, so what do you think about, you know, protesting the flag and kneeling during the anthem? You know, they didn't contextualize it within the, within the protests that are going on right now. So I kind of get it, you know, maybe he's, people are giving him, you know, maybe he's getting the shaft a little bit, but also he should know better. I mean, two th- th- vouch two th- for the flag, right? Two now. things can be true at once. Like he's one hundred percent not getting the benefit of the doubt, and he's one hundred percent being tone deaf, right? Like beyond tone deaf, probably. Yeah. Do I think he's a bad person. No. Am I glad he lit the locker room on fire? Yes. <laughs> I do mean, I, do I hope his receivers intentionally drop his passes, especially when oh. they're playing the Falcons? Very much so. <laughs> I can't wait till they give him the uh, the sunshine treatment with the offensive line. Did you and, see the uh, and then Drew Brees like let him through? <laughs> did you see the Onion article about Drew Brees? No. The story, the headline was like Drew Brees has. <laughs> Gosh, this is that so good, funny, huh? So bad. It was uh, Drew Brees has always had a trouble trusting black people after Atlanta Falcons linebacker took football out of his hands in game. <laughs> oh nice talking about uh Dion jones i believe who oh, is yeah. a stud yes uh i mean there was a half hour uh, there was like an, an interesting take i saw going around it went viral it got deleted and replaced by a video it came from aubrey huff he used to be i think an outfielder for the san francisco giants when they went on play the outfield? i always thought he played like dh oh he played so oh he may have been a designated hitter well, not for the Giants, he wasn't. <laughs> anyway, he posted this picture from 2017, and it was uh, Drew Brees and the Saints locking arms and kneeling just before the national anthem. And his point was, hey, y'all don't say Drew Brees is racist because here's a picture of him kneeling, you know, during the anthem with his teammates. The context of that was a little incorrect. That was before the anthem was played. So this was just, you know, during pregame stuff. He's kneeling, but it was in solidarity for um you know police brutality and racial equality so but the i I give it a half-baked take because i get what he was trying to say but it was he didn't get the context right and it was kind of poorly uh poorly communicated he also you know just glossed over the fact that drew Brees was getting passionate about you know issues of patriotism while there's other things going on 
I did like what Tony Dungy had to say about it, where he basically said, what you said, Jonathan, these things can both be right. Um, I wanted to play Tony Dungy's audio because it's really good and it's only 40 seconds. Yeah, so. play it. Who has to have those conversations, you think, Tony? Who, who, who? We all have to have them. We, and we have to have Drew Brees saying what he said. I don't, I don't downgrade Drew for that, okay? That's what he said. He may not totally understand. It may have been uh, not exactly the way he wanted to express it, but he can't be afraid to say that. And we can't be afraid to say, okay, Drew, I don't agree with you, but let's talk about this and let's, let's, let's sit down and talk about it. We can't just say anytime something happens that we don't agree with, hey, I'm done with that and I'm done with this person and that doesn't make sense. Uh, we, we have to be better than that. This battle is not going to be won by demonstrating and throwing bricks through windows. Uh, it's not going to be won by the, the government saying, hey, we're going to bring out these weapons and dominate the streets again. That is not going to fix anything. Yeah, I thought that was just a very well-balanced take. I know he didn't. I know he. there are people on both sides that Tony probably irked with his comments. But I don't know. I felt like that was probably the right thing for a lot of people to hear right now. It doesn't have to be we have to throw Drew Brees under the bus because he doesn't understand why protesters are, are out what, there doing what they're doing. The, when I first saw that clip, it was somebody had like retweeted it and said this was outrageously reasonable. And I think I retweeted it and said, like, it's so outrageously reasonable, he might get canceled for it because of how reasonable a take it is. Because, like, that's kind of the currency right now, especially on social media, is outrage, outrage, outrage. And you're not passionate unless you just follow your feelings and come up, come up with, like, these crazy conclusions. And But I don't know. I respect the more tempered, reasonable takes that are still honest about the things that have to change. And the things that are bad, but I mean, I feel like even before things were crazy 10 years ago, Tony Dungy was reasonable and would give a reasonable take and people would be like, I don't know if Tony Dungy quite gets, and I'm just like, like, what is the thing with Tony Dungy y'all? Like, why do y'all, every time he speaks, I listen, but he always gets dogged for it. Well, his message has been very consistent. And it's one of those, I mean, you know, he's not, he's not going to, you know, light a room on fire, you know, but he's going to, he's going to say, speak from his heart. And I think we should all be able to appreciate that about Tony. That's true. I mean, if I'm going to like, if I want to laugh, I'm going to go to like a Herm Edwards press conference, not a Tony Dungy press conference. Herm Edwards. Now that is, that's some good, that's some good interviews right there. Oh yeah. What was his, uh, what was his rant? The play to win the game rant? Yeah, you play. To, yeah, yeah. Or is that the same rant where he holds up the piece of paper that he got from the NFL that officially says they're in the playoffs or something? When he was, it might have been that same season. I don't remember if it was the same press conference or not. Y'all, if y'all want to laugh, go to YouTube and look up Herm Edwards playoff paper or something like that. It's funny. Anyway, sorry to get us off topic. Scott, what you think about all that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where. Yeah, we've mentioned that Drew Brees was uh, incredibly tone deaf in this, and that seems pretty clear. Not not so up for debate, right? There's some other nuanced stuff that may be difference of opinion after that, but yeah, one of the important things here is that Drew Brees not be executed for sharing his opinion improperly or at the wrong time or conflating his one stance with a different stance, right? It should be an opportunity for, you know, Drew Brees and for lots of other people to learn and grow and be better from this, right? So. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, 
that I mean, the next step for Drew is obviously to talk to some of his black teammates about why they feel about how they feel about you know what what is what is it like to be a black man living in America? You know what do what when you see stuff like George Floyd getting murdered on the news, how does that make you feel? You know. So well, I think some of them already had some pretty strong words, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, about exactly how much they wanted to talk to Drew Brees because his little message ended with uh, literally "shut the f up." Right. You know, but but yeah, I hear you. Right. Some right. Some conversation and conversation includes talking and listening. And sometimes you're the one that's only doing a very small amount of talking. That's true, Drew's. Drew's going to have, that's true. <laughs> that's Drew, y'all. You know, I think Malcolm Jenkins right. I think Drew's probably going to just have to shut up and listen right now, you know, but at the same time, we have to be willing to forgive people and give them chances to redeem themselves and not just bury them, you know, hashtag cancel Drew, breeze them on Twitter, you know. I just got to say, it'd be a real shame if the rest of the NFL put out a bounty on the Saints. <laughs> I'm just saying. For those of you uh, who don't get Scott's joke, he's making a reference to, uh, I think, 2009's Bounty Gate, in which the New Orleans Saints were divvying out cash prizes for getting hits on certain players. That doesn't sound unethical at all. I don't see the issue with this. Eh, I remember getting outraged about it when I was a Falcon back at the time because, you know, I go, I rise up with the birds. In hindsight, I'm like, eh, it's whatever. As long as they weren't like, trying to deliberately hurt people, which, I don't know, they might have been. I think part like of the thing was they were. I think they were, the, think they were absolutely the trying to deliberately hurt got people. Hurt. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, I was going to say, if we want to wrap a nice bow on this, I heard a, t- a take from Ernie Johnson, and the reason I like it is because there's lots of, I think, um, white people who probably respect the flag the same amount, if not more, than Drew Brees. Um, and I thought Ernie really broke it down for, for the people in that category really, really well. So I'm going to play that for us because I don't know if y'all have heard it, but Ernie Johnson is quite quite, quite simply the best of us. <laughs> I love her. Or for those who don't know, Ernie Johnson covers the NBA for TNT. And, and as you point out, Shaq, you talk about uh, the military background in your family. And, you know, I have that too. And um, a dad who's a Marine, uh, who was a Marine. And, and I can see the flag at my mother's house now, the flag that they folded um, at his funeral and handed to her. Um, And I see that every time I go to the house. Here's here's the situation. Um, You can fly the flag at your house. You can salute the flag. You can revere the flag. uh, You can respect the flag. um, And all of those are fine. What you cannot do is use the flag as a blindfold. You can't, you can't use the flag as a blindfold and not see the things you've seen with your very eyes that tell you that what's keeping this country held back is this systemic racism. When you see these things happen, um, you can't be blinded by that. And it's, it's, it's said often, um, you know, my country right or wrong. Um, but I think that needs to change to my country right our wrongs. Because the wrongs are there. 
and it's up to us to take the initiative mm. and be intentional. And for us to say, I'm going to be uncomfortable. I am going to listen to somebody I normally wouldn't listen to. I'm going to read something I normally wouldn't read. And I'll, I'll tell you something. I didn't know anybody, anything about Killer Mike till last Friday. And now I'll never forget him because of what he said and what I learned. That's what I have to do. I've got to have open ears, open eyes, and an open heart to hear voices that I wouldn't normally hear and help me understand. Shout out to Killer Mike. I know. Shouts out Killer Mike. I don't know. I just thought that was very well said, especially because that's kind of where I live in that intersection of I love this country, but there are definitely things about it I don't love. And there's yeah. definitely things that need to be changed. And they take yeah. real change, not just the change that happens overnight, but like it's going to take time. So, yeah, that was a really powerful illustration he used. Well, this was quite a week to wade through Twitter to get some of these takes that we've been talking about today. But through my scouring of all the angry, bitter people shouting at each other, I found a take that I think could bring us all back together. This is a new segment we like to call The Takes That Unite Us. Hit me with that auditory unity, Justin. In these troubling times, when the bonds we all share are threatened to be torn asunder by the quick takes, the hot takes, the medium rare takes, and the takes that are doomed to be deleted on Twitter tomorrow, we need a sports take to bring us back together. Now, more than ever, these are the takes that unite us. So in the true spirit of unity in sports, we have the take that unites us today comes from Jacques Savage. Jacques Savage is an alumnus of the University of Louisville, where he played wide receiver under coach Bobby Petrino. Now, I believe this tweet was in response to some of the discussion over what was happening at FSU and how they handled uh, addressing race issues. And oof, woof, we'll get into that. But I do want to talk about Jacques tweet. He says, that's one thing you can never say about my college coach, Bobby Petrino. He doesn't have a racist bone in his body. That MF hated everybody. <laughs> this is definitely my favorite thing I saw online in the last week. <laughs> the best oh part was God. you had former players just lining up to agree with it. You know, being like, oh, yeah. "Amen." The best, uh, best comment on this is obviously I don't know who this guy is, but he commented and said he loved volleyball players. Oh, he sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Man, had a thing I, for motorcycles too, right? Yeah, a thing for motorcycles and volleyball players and going to press conferences with neck braces. <laughs> that picture is just seared in my mind. Him just, you know, his road rash all over his face, wearing the sugar bowl hat from the sugar bowl that he lost. <laughs> Gotta name. get that advertising in. <laughs> with his neck brace. He's <sighs> like, yeah, I was cheating my wife. I had a volleyball girl that, you know, maybe promoted her in a position she wasn't you know hopping enough for me. yeah whatever it's, the, it's a really funny tweet holy cow here's some un, this is an unofficial uh anecdotal story so take that for what it's worth but it was commented on this tweet. he says he once heard that a player called him wanting to know if he could go back home because a family tragedy had occurred. And the first question by Regina asked him was, how the F did you get my number? Which <laughs> <laughs> is so on brand. <laughs> I mean, 
I'm glad that Bobby Petrino hates everybody because I'm pretty sure anyone that Bobby Petrino, any program that Bobby Petrino has ever touched, college or professional, has hated him. I know, as a Falcons fan, I hate that man. Oh, yeah, leaving, (laughs) telling telling the Falcons on game day, like, bye, I quit, leaving just a handwritten note in the locker room. Didn't even say goodbye. Didn't say goodbye to any of the players, anybody in person. Which makes you question, by the way, how much does Louisville hate themselves to bring him back? They're just gluttons for punishment. I feel united. So united. This has been the Take That United. If, uh, If you're looking for something to do right now to kill time, Perhaps you live in a state that is still quarantining, right? And you're looking for some good digital entertainment. I'm going to suggest our new game of the week, which is Takeout Weight Curling 2. Wait a minute. Now, if you're a, if you're a hardcore, hardcore console-only person, I got to warn you, it's only available on PC. Join, join the... Yeah, just just build 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 a gaming PC. I was gonna say what PC gamers always say, but I don't think this is the right time to say it. So, yeah, yeah, I was I was thinking <laughs> ahead, like what what is it he's gonna say? Join the uh, yeah yeah don't yeah may um, never be expunged from our vocabulary. So this is uh, this game apparently came out in two thousand three, and um, got pretty good reviews because only five people have reviewed it on Amazon. <laughs> Four and a half out of five with five reviews. My favorite review of the five, because I could read them all, because there's only five, was good basic simulation, good physics. This was posted in 2014. It continues. I enjoyed this game very much with my family. Well, that wasn't <laughs> a worked, real person. It worked good with <laughs> Windows 7 Pro. That's a Canadian nice bot. Right That's ball. a Canadian bot. With better graphics. No, it says United States on March 20th, 2014. Well, they probably he live in Idaho. Family. He packed this one around his computer running Windows 7 Pro. I guess that wasn't that weird for 2014. This good old-fashioned family night. What are we doing this Friday? Woo! We're going to order some pizza, and we're, we're going to play Takeout Weight Curling wait. 2. <laughs> yeah, I watched a little bit on YouTube uh, before we start recording. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I tried to see if... I, you know, this doesn't have enough reviews for it to be that. You know those fake items on Amazon? No, not fake items. They're real items, but they're like fake reviews that mm-hmm. people do just to be funny. Um, I bought a book recently, and it's one of those that, like, it's not the edges are afraid to make it look like like old-timey manuscript done on purpose. And I, I had a blast reading reviews going back and forth between people who were saying, my book were my book arrived damaged. Look at these pages. They're all tore up. And then other people going, is it, is it really supposed to look like this? Like they were just both of those going back and forth. Yes. That's how curling works. (laughs) 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 You you push a weight down the ice and two, two people just start, you know, sweeping away in front of it, getting all those ice particles out of the way. So we can get the Mac. Actually, is that how it works? Are they trying to get, get to a certain spot? The scrubbing part always cracks me up when they play it on television. I think the goal of the entire game is just to waste time. <laughs> right. It probably was birthed in some retirement community in Norway and just somehow somehow the, it made its way to Winter Olympics because they needed one more event and they already did skiing with guns. 
Curling, curling or ready? We already got skiing with guns. We need something way more chill. Uh, how about <laughs> curling? Yeah, sounds good. It, it did say curling originated over on that side of the world. Apparently, it originated in Scotland. Wow, look at that! So close, well, Jason. If, well, it, if that's the case, it might have been Vikings. Be, if that's the case, it was meant to be played blackout drunk. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which would make it considerably more difficult. Yeah, I think if there was a beer goggle setting for this game, it would be a little bit challenging, you know. And that's particularly tough too, because if you're drinking while you play, right, you're gonna your you know motor skills and coordination are gonna deteriorate over time. And everybody knows that in curling, as you continue to play, the ice condition deteriorates over time as well. Um, and, you know, it's really including the little features like that is what makes Takeout Way Curling 2 my favorite simulator. See, you just Ooh. made me a little sad because I always try to convince myself I'm a golf fan, but then I remember people say, well, you know, you got to play the course too. You, bet, you just said we well, have to play the ice in curling. Mm. Gotta play the ice, baby. This is the kind of game that I expect to be on the iPhone app store for like one ninety nine. Okay, so right now on Amazon it is forty dollars plus four dollars shipping. How much would you pay for this game? I would pay, like I said, one ninety nine on the app store. <laughs> how much I, is it? I think I could how much is it? It's forty dollars plus what? four dollars for shipping. This game came out over almost twenty years ago. How is it forty dollars? Is it did not make it anymore? Is it like? I, I'm sure they don't make it anymore. There's no way there's still there's a market. Probably for a this. tabletop version. I can spend the same amount of money on probably enjoy more. Tabletop uh, curling. Yep, it exists. Does it? I bet it's fun. Honestly, I bet it's fun. Is this the kind of what's the game with the sand on the surface? You know what I'm talking about? It's really long. Table. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like that, I think. I know they, I, they I have wish, it at bars. They, they have, have those it at bars. Which, trendy you know, bars. They have them at trendy bars. Which goes back to my original point. This game was probably, the sport was probably meant to be played drunk. Like, absolute incoherent babble. The water tank like behind the, the water tank behind the pub busted open and froze overnight, and so they all went out back. And like, hey, we could play this game now, though. That's my terrible Scottish accent. I'll never do it again. It was the only thing the British would allow them to do. I, I definitely knew that was a Scottish accent, I promise. I, Scottish accents are hard. I'm always impressed with people who can not only do a good British accent, but then move it to do like Scottish, Irish, and then the different areas within. Oh, yeah. The, like, I'm always impressed with someone who's British and they can do a passable Southern accent that goes in and out and they often forget they're supposed to be Southern in TV and movies. Okay, so it's interesting you say that. This is my geek moment. Linguistically speaking, I, I read this somewhere. It's very simple for somebody with a British accent to do a Southern accent from a linguistic standpoint. Like yeah, it's yeah. Easy, it's like an easy transition. Yeah, a lot of you know actors that have to do that, yeah. Normally the ones that do it well are often British, but they mm -hmm. also still seem to forget a bunch of times. So be like, you know, the first sentence will be a pretty solid southern accent and then it'll be gone on the next sentence and then it'll come back on the third like, sentence and it just am i like, back Oops. am i in london all of a sudden i thought i was in Cambridge. <laughs> we're here in london alabama <laughs> i bet it exists there is a there is a paris tennessee right there's a paris texas oh, is that what it's texas but you know who knows we have a rome georgia with a statue downtown that was given to them by mussolini 
You're kidding. I'm not. Is this still right. there? Here we go, guys. New London, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> New London, Alabama. You know the first business that pops up right here on Google Maps? What? Don't. Don't. Allen's Deer Processing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to New London, Alabama. It's uh, we'll making some sausage. Some it's an unincorporated community in St. Clair County. Some whoever broke the land there probably just had mighty aspirations. They thought one day we're gonna have theater and art. This is gonna be New London, Alabama. Now they're just gonna have a place where they turn your deer into sausage. Sorry, that's it. Well, let's be real. At do least we they... need more deer sausage, or do we need another London? Hey, London was. I cool. need more deer sausage. If I'm being honest. No way. I have plenty. I don't have anything. Sure. I'll give you some. <laughs> All right, I think that's it, right? Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. All right, well, who does the outro? Normally you do. Okay. You do, buddy. Don't leave this part in. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll let Justin decide. <laughs> that's going to do it for us this week on Let Them Meet Takes. Um, we bid you a fond farewell. Stay reasonable out there, folks. Au revoir. I Adios. haven't even finished my... I keep getting interrupted. <laughs> Bye, the y'all. The theme of the podcast is I can't finish my taglines. <laughs> All right, now that you have to leave in there. Au revoir. <laughs> hey, thanks again for listening. If you want to follow us on social media or have us canceled, you can find us on Twitter at EatTakesPod or on Facebook and Instagram at TheMeatTakes. Also, make sure you give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. Bye.